Welcome to our Once Upon a Time roundtable number three, just after the second season and before the third season. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, host of Once Podcast, and I'll let the rest of the great panelists that we have introduce themselves. I'm Bill Meeks from Greetings from Storybrook. I'm Bud Vandekane from Storybrook News Report. I'm Jose Caradero from the Storybrook Herald. I'm Larissa Mahovich, also from the Storybrook Herald. I'm Mike D'Angelo from oet.tezone.net. And I'm Rebecca Johnson from Operation Cobra Podcast. Now, we've had a fantastic season, and yet a little bit bumpy uh, this <laughs> first, or rather, second season. So I want to hear from you guys. What do you think were some of the highlights of season two, your top moments of season two? We've got so many different things to happen that happened, but what are some of the big things that stood out to you in season two? When Ruby devoured her boyfriend. <laughs> that was funny. For, for me, it was the moment that Snow convinced Regina to kill her own mother. Oh. That, that was like yeah. just one yeah. of those like, dark powerful moments that just kind of like slaps you upside the head <laughs> and uh re- yeah. re- really moved me and really uh, made me question what they could do with this show so. <laughs> to that point i think uh seeing regina slaughter an entire village <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh for me probably cora kissing uh rumpelstiltskin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for me, it would be definitely all of the scenes with uh, Belle and her books, because I am a, a very big Beauty and the Beast fan. Um, so it was neat to see that incorporated into the uh, the mythology of the show. For me, I really loved Emma and Tamara's fight in the cannery. That was a highlight for me. <laughs> I, I think yeah, seeing the red queen or the queen of hearts rather end up being cora was a big yeah. moment that was a mm-hmm. moment that because we theorized that after season one or during season one and just yeah like seeing it it was like queen of hearts queen of hearts queen of hearts yes queen of hearts <laughs> <laughs> like a spectator sport yeah yeah speaking uh, of that for like, me conversely uh the reveal of bay probably not being peter pan wasn't it wasn't quite as moving for me i was yeah i was just kind of bummed I was like, man, that was like my one big prediction. It didn't happen. Yay, a prediction that Bill makes didn't happen. <laughs> but but the, uh, the the whole dark angle they've taken mm-hmm. on the whole Peter oh, yeah. Pan saga oh, yeah, is just cool. insane. I can't see what wait to can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, where do you think they're going with that? Like I, I I've seen lots of theories and we, we all get these theories and we see these theories about who Peter Pan is and all of this, but I really don't think we've actually seen or met Peter Pan yet because they're introducing him as this big bad character of season three. Mm, and yeah. I don't think they'd show us that person in season two yet. But my theory we, when it comes to Peter Pan is the, um, that the shadow is actually Peter Pan. However, it's a very Jekyll Hyde mentality. The shadow essentially mm. takes over a person, and that person becomes Peter Pan. That's a cool theory. Mm. I, I'd like to think that uh, maybe Peter Pan is the shadow for now, but he wants to get attached to maybe mm. Henry. Maybe Henry's actually Peter Pan. That's interesting. Uh, Anne-Marie thought it was probably the blonde kid, the blonde lost boy. Mm. 
the, the guy who was kind of like their their mouthpiece when they were dealing with Hook and everything. He seemed to know an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's definitely, I, I think the shadow is connected to some other entity and is definitely searching for something. It's just, who knows what it's going to be? Because it, it, it almost, the whole uh, way they went with Neverland seemed like a big swerve right in the last couple episodes. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it was just like a, a really hard swerve to where, you know, I thought they were going. And I, I'm really excited for the potential for season three, though. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I, do you think we're going to see Storybrooke again? Uh, so. Definitely. Belle's still there. Yeah. I think they'll probably cut back between Storybrooke and Neverland in the narrative of how they tell the stories next season. Yeah, like, I, I, I want us to talk about. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would almost say, say I'm, I'm getting the impression right now that they're not going to be flashing back to Storybrooke a lot until the main characters get back just because, yeah. well, you know, with uh, Red uh, kind, kind of implying that she was off the show, then kind of backtracking on that. And a couple of the other uh, side characters like Dr. Whale and stuff ha- have had quotes out there saying, you know, they don't know what's going on, but they'll be back sometime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they were going to do a big like four episode arc in Storybrooke, I think they'd probably know by now if uh, they, they were coming back for a big part of it. But I think it's going to be more focused on Neverland. Actually, uh, one of the things that I think they could do that would be really, really cool is kind of, uh, if you guys are familiar with the TV show Sliders, like Love Sliders through all the fairy tale oh. lands on Hook's ship, you know, they're that just a team awesome. of people traveling all the world. I, I, I think that would be and maybe the big payoff is uh, at the end of you know season three. That's when they get to Neverland. There's no guarantee that that's the first world that they're going to end up at. That's true. I, I tend to trust the Bean, especially even though Bay had said to Emma that our world was not his first stop, um, and that seemed to imply that Neverland was his first stop. But now we see that our world was actually his first stop, and that's where the bean from the blue fairy took him that now I think in my mind concretes the idea that when a bean is directed, it goes to exactly where it's supposed to go, that there aren't things that make it misdirected or anything like that, but it does go where it's supposed to go. So I do think they are going to Neverland. I'd hate to see it if they set this up and then it just (laughs) (laughs) ends up not going to Neverland. It would be cool if they had like a chase scene through different worlds where like the shadow is following them and they're just bouncing from world to world running away. <laughs> Have you guys considered that maybe the one or the London that uh, Bay landed in isn't our London if it's another fairy tale world? Because Dr. Whale's world has what, Austria? You know, and yeah, there's Mulan mm-hmm. from China. It could be, uh, you know, another world's London. You know, mm-hmm. the, the London that's connected to Neverland in the story or whatever. Yeah, except they called it London. So the fact that they called yeah. it London. But and, I mean, they, they called Austria, Austria in the whale episode, I believe. Um, was that mm. actually spoken? I know on I think- we had someone translate the German mm. text that was the certificate yeah. that um, Dr. Frankenstein's father gave him. And it does yeah. reference literal locations. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I can't remember them actually saying Austria. Yeah, me neither. I, I don't think they do say Austria. But my theory is with the beans, if you actually put them on the ground, it'll take you to uh, 
the Enchanted Forest, and if you do it in the sea, it'll take you to Neverland. That's one of my theories that I actually put on uh, one uh, one of our shows. Yeah, that, that could go along with what we've seen so far, certainly. Yeah. I, if you've read the book Magician's Nephew, part of the Chronicles of Narnia series, that's in, my favorite book. Yeah, in Love the Magician's <laughs> Nephew, there's the spot which it's been a long time since I've read it, so I could be remembering this incorrectly, and Bill can probably fill this in better. But it's been a while um, there was for a spot too. where they did end up chasing, like the witch ended up chasing the people through these different worlds, and because the witch or someone had brought along a lamppost and then put it down in one of these empty worlds that's what created uh narnia and so i do wonder is that like uh, one of you had said is that something we're going to see in season three that they hop through worlds and maybe create a new world or something destroy a world even Mm. they're the reason narnia is there Mm. (laughs) (laughs) well i mean really anything could happen especially a and i i believe it was hope and and she's over here in the chat uh wrote to us and i'm sure she writes to a couple of your podcasts too i know she listens to a lot of them but uh she Mm -hmm. said what if rumple becomes like the he he rumple once they cross over into neverland i would love to see that i i wanted to see i wanted to see rumple become full crocodilian rumple stiltskin inside of storybrooke that would be cool to see just all of a sudden. Instead of like the hybrid. <laughs> all of a sudden, a normal rumple, and then. Uh, <laughs> hi, hi, it's me, Rumple <laughs> Which Emma has never seen. Right. This She's the true. only one. Well, She's been a lot more accepting of magic as of late, though. <laughs> Especially well, when the world was about to die, and she's like, oh, yeah, I have magic. Yes. <laughs> that was a stretch. <laughs> we never got stretch. the. I, I, I was. As soon as they did the thing in Gold Shop, uh, the first time they kind of said she had magic, I was hoping all, all the rest of the season for like a rocky training sequence with that. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> Where Gold or Regina is like, okay, now you do this, now you do that, and you know, dun dun dun. <laughs> But it never happened. They just kind of they did it the one time, and then they brought her in for the finale. I don't think Regina wants to have a you know a, a rival that powerful. So <laughs> that's probably why she didn't train her. Well, she she would teach her all the wrong ways to do things. That's probably true. <laughs> well, because of Emma's magic, we got a great theory uh, to one's podcast about why Henry might be so important. And there are many different theories on this. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on why he might be important. But one of these theories we received, which I really like, is that Henry is the mixture of both kinds of magic. Because Emma is the product of true love. Her magic is true love-based. And Rumpelstiltskin has always been the one to talk about magic always comes with a price. But no good person has referred to magic coming from a price who did not hear that come from Rumpelstiltskin. That's true. So like Blue Fairy, when when she wasn't being impersonated by Cora, Blue Fairy never said all magic comes with a price. That I can remember. The one time she did was when it was actually Cora pretending to be Blue Fairy. So yeah, with, Right, true. with the candle. Yeah. 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 Emma yeah. could be the product of, we could call it good magic. And mm-hmm. then Neil or Bay is kind of a product of bad magic he was already born when rumpelstiltskin became the dark one but that doesn't mean he wasn't affected by it and it somehow transferred to him kind of like radiation poisoning or something (laughs) so maybe henry is the mixture of both white and black magic and is therefore going to be the one to bring balance to the force i mean to bring (laughs) (laughs) is this because of this shirt that i'm wearing 
It's actually the Star Wars Weekend shirt. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Didn't it, was that mm-hmm. listener Hannah? Because like we got that same. I think theory. it was. Yeah. Yeah, she sent that same theory to I, us. I, I, I think we theory. brought that up independently, but yeah, I, th- I think that's the most likely thing. Yeah, uh, you know, and I imagine if nothing else, maybe when Rumple became the Dark One, his genetics kind of infused with the dark magic and back and forth uh, to where it would affect Bay or make Bay's uh, genetic material particularly valuable to whoever Greg and Tamara are working with. So Henry's one of the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> Very potentially. He's he's cable. <laughs> so what else could be the reason that Peter Pan wants Henry and what's so special about Henry? Uh I'm thinking uh there's too much uh, there's there's like so many th- things that could be very important with him. I mean, I like your th- the theory that about him being like the twilight between uh, good, uh, good and evil and good mm-hmm. magic dark magic. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I would go with that theory because, uh, there's, uh, I haven't been able to think about this. I, I mean, it's a good theory to think it's about. It's really hard to get a solid theory based on just finding out that they want Henry, mm-hmm. but we have no idea why, you yeah. know, and we have like no real evidence to work off of, which is, which they could go anywhere with that. Yeah, as far as we know, they didn't really leave any clues. This was like the big shock at the end of the, or, you know, most of the way through the episode. And it's it's just like, it's hard to even piece together some sort of theory without having more information, I guess. I, I mean, maybe a rewatch of the episodes would be in order. Maybe they did leave clues and we just didn't notice them because we mm. weren't thinking about that. I think maybe the, go ahead. Uh, I'm thinking that, if uh, they're if Greg and Tamara were were not looking for him until recently, uh, mm-hmm. could uh, could Henry be the one to destroy all magic? Not only from the fairy tale world, but from even in Storybrooke, he's the key to actually destroy magic somehow. I mean, that's wait, probably my. Wait, thing. he actually he actually talked about that in the Queen of Hearts episode when he tried to yeah, go to the well to. and tried to just. Mm-hmm. But his way was a little bit destructive, and <laughs> <laughs> it's right. too many violent video games. Don't uh, use dynamite. No, <laughs> Mike. What were you like going to say? Um, I mean, maybe the biggest clue is is who wants him. It's the Lost Boys. Maybe Henry is a way for them not to be lost anymore. Hmm. Well, the head Lost Boy, which, by the way, the credits name him as Felix. Uh, the head oh. Lost Boy, Felix, had said. Um, All of their conversation made it sound like it's Peter Pan who wants Henry. And when you watch the finale episode, I know that in Second Star to the Right, the Shadow was this ominous character that they said can can travel between worlds, can change its shape. But in the finale episode and straight on till morning, they kept referring to he and him. And I think they were wanting us to think it was the Shadow. But then at the end revealed that, no, it's not the shadow. It's actually Peter Pan, who, from the impression of it, makes it seem like Peter Pan is someone different from the shadow. So it's Peter Pan who wants Henry for some reason. Peter Pan could, uh, I mean, the shadow could be Peter Pan's dark self. Mm -hmm. That's my theory on that. Because, uh, of course, in the original story, the shadow is part of Peter Pan and it's sewn Mm -hmm. back. But in this one, the shadow was his own entity. What if something happened to Peter Pan that his shadow got ripped off? Uh, Peter Pan somehow wants Henry to put the shadow back. That's the second theory that I have. <laughs> <laughs> 
It could also be that Peter Pan knows Henry is going to be Rumpel's undoing because Peter Pan somehow has a drawing of Henry before mm-hmm. Henry was even born. Mm-hmm. So he must see the future or have someone or have access to someone who can see the future or maybe just knows that Henry is something special and therefore he needs Henry and he has this picture of Henry. So what if Peter Pan wants to destroy the Dark One and use Henry to do that? Mm. That's a good theory. Very good theory. Uh, you, you left one thing uh, or one possible explanation for that picture, and that's time travel. And if they bring time travel into this show, I'm going to start up a second podcast about this show. <laughs> Involving Doctor Who, right? <laughs> well, haven't they already? I mean, they've already had a seer who can see into the future. So, that, I mean, it's not oh, yeah, time travel, had, but... Well, and then you well, had, Jefferson had Jefferson reaching through the hat. The hat. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that Jefferson reaching through the hat thing is what really messes all of this up. Because originally, I, I'm i not sure if you've listened to all of the episodes of One's Podcast or even like the summer episodes, but I was very adamant about the fact that Bay could not have gone to Neverland. And one of my main defenses for that was up until season two, we'd seen three people cross over from Enchanted Forest to our world. And two of those three incidents, people came through at the same time and around the same location. So my theory was that because Rumpel created the curse to find Bay, it would have gone to when Bay appeared as well as where Bay appeared. But it turns out that no, time, all of the stories we've seen, time is perfectly parallel between Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke time. But Neverland time works differently. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how Bay escapes Neverland since... Uh, it's the land you can never leave <laughs> as yeah. per the episode it, yeah. it's just like it, I, I, Wendy talked her way out of it, I, it because he didn't want a little girl anyway but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how Bay gets out of there yeah because I mean he does get out of there he does go to New York but it's probably oh, yeah. it's kind of modern New York because mm-hmm. uh, he's probably there like in the 20th century he's like uh, in that area he's like 32 33 years old I'm not sure what, what his age is well, uh, but he he's over come up. oh sorry uh, he, no. he, he probably uh, would have come over around the same time that Storybrooke did you know in the 80s or so you know if he was Went mm-hmm. to a land where he couldn't age when he was like what thirteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. and you know coming back and what the actor's like thirty five or something, thirty five ish. So yeah, he would have he would have uh, come back over in the eighties. Maybe it has something to do with the curse. Maybe the curse kind of like drew him to our world or something. <laughs> and that's not too unreasonable, I think, because remember the curse brought Jefferson from Wonderland. And mm-hmm. the curse brought Smee, and I believe I remember Smee in the episode The Crocodile. I think Smee said we were in Neverland when the curse hit. Maybe. Uh, did but, um, I mean, I know, I know he, he, he uh, obviously went there with them. But, uh, I mean, the, I fact that, the fact that Hook was with Korra that time and was uh, uh, protected by that bubble, mm-hmm. I mean, frozen but protected, that the curse did not affect them. Uh, could be a possibility. I mean, probably the curse brought every single uh, part of the Enchanted Forest, including Neverland, to to Storybrooke. Uh, so there's probably more people that we haven't seen yet in Storybrooke, and we mm-hmm. probably will see in season three. Then again, there are characters still in Neverland because that's where they're going 
So some characters somehow stayed in Neverland when the curse hit. Yeah, and you imagine people stayed in places like Wonderland as well. Yeah, because they've got the whole spinoff series, which isn't (laughs) necessarily at the same time as Storybrooke. Oh, and uh, well, probably that's a spoiler. So I'm not going to talk about it. But uh, (laughs) from what from what we've seen from the video. Uh, they go to two different worlds, but I think it's more in the past on uh, on the real world, and and then it, she gets rescued. You're talking about Wonderland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Wonderland. I didn't want to say something because I read it, and it could be a spoiler. Okay. So, <laughs> I sh- should we uh, talk about Wonderland a yeah. little bit? I guess. Yeah, that that, that makes that, a good transition into that. Mm. Okay, so what do you guys think uh, from that trailer? It looks like there is a completely different Queen of Hearts or whatever. In the there. Red it's Queen. Not it's yeah, the Red Queen. Red yeah. Queen. <laughs> Daniel's adamant about that. It's the Red Queen. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, yeah, they, they wouldn't call her the Queen of Hearts if they couldn't get mm-hmm. either Barbara Hershey. Well, they'd, they really would need Barbara Hershey, but they could also get yes. Rose McGowan, but then they have to explain the whole age difference thing. Well, I mean, it could be transformation spell, mm-hmm. glamour. You know, that sort of thing. Or she killed the original Red Queen. Mm. Yeah. Or she's the Queen of Diamonds. Or Cora <laughs> killed her and took the spot, and that's why she disguised yeah. herself so no yeah. one would realize that their yeah. a queen had been killed. Mm. That's probably that's true. Fun. They have said that there would be some kind of crossovers. They've given us no clue, at least that I've seen. They've mm-hmm. given us no clue what kind of crossovers those could be. But I think it'd be pretty easy to figure out that well, we'll probably hear something about either the Mad Hatter or mm-hmm. Jefferson. We may not get to see them. Wait, those are the same people. I meant the Mad Hatter or Cora. <laughs> um, we may not get to see them, but they may mention them or cross over in some way. I don't know. I, I could totally see them bringing Jefferson in for just like one special episode or like, you know, I, I, I don't, what, what is it? It's like six episodes they're doing or eight episodes. Something like I, I that? haven't heard. Um, ABC had their press event last week, which I intended mm-hmm. online. And they said that once upon a time in Wonderland would be on Thursday nights. They didn't say, and yes. they weren't very clear about whether they were saying it's going to run between or during the hiatus of once upon a time or mm-hmm. at the exact same time as once upon a time, or they didn't announce a date either that it's starting. Uh, during the hiatus would be my preference uh, just yeah. because yes. <laughs> as all of us because we all do a podcast about the show and we have to take these long breaks because there's nothing going on you right know? yeah it'd, it'd be, be nice to have a whole other series to discuss and it yeah. seems like it it'll still have the same visual aesthetic and probably storytelling um uh storytelling methods i suppose as once upon a time even though it's different characters um, mm. still in the fantasy setting. So I would like it to be in the hiatuses just because I wouldn't want to have something compete with Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Um, even if it, even if they did do, like they ended up doing a dull header of, of, you know, fairy tale two hours or something on Sundays. Um, I'd mm. want to see it more... Um, you know, in the hiatuses, so that it could get its own uh, own footing and gain its own audience, at least for this um, possible limited run. We don't know how long it's going to be, because um, it. 
I saw the trailer and I thought it was a really compelling story. Mm -hmm. There was a lot there that could um, be expounded upon and a lot that I was surprised to see. I was surprised that they took that, 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 um, journey of things um and that's uh stance and things i mean we know that once upon a time does different kind of things with their characters and um brings their characters into the story in in unique um strange unexpected ways Mm -hmm. um so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this series in our chat room, uh, Matt C. and Aaron are both pointing out that uh, Adam Horowitz said that Wonderland is currently 13 episodes, and it's mm. specifically listed for the fall schedule. Um, mm, I'm not yeah. sure if you got to see the ABC announcements, but what they said that they're trying to do is switch to a pattern of do 12 episodes, break, and then 12 episodes of all of their shows, they're trying to do that. So I, I wonder, does that mean we're going to get 24 episodes of Once Upon a Time? But the, the more important part of this is that they did not specifically say that Wonderland would be running during that hiatus for Once Upon a yeah. Time. I think what we heard was that there's going to be some overlap. Um, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland is supposed to be running on Thursdays, mm-hmm. from what yeah. we heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Or seven central. Yeah, that's something uh, that's, I kind of. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's all that I heard. I mean, that it's going to be Thursdays. Uh, I haven't heard if it's uh, from what I he- uh, heard before. It, it, they said it was going to be a limited series because mm-hmm. they had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and they thought it was going to be like a mini series. But now that it's been picked up uh, by ABC, I'm wondering if it's going to be more. If they actually want more from Once uh, Wonderland. What I really wonder is if it matters uh, how it airs. You know, Mm -hmm. is is there some big plot point revealed in the last episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland that's going to affect the main show? You know, because that seems like the logical thing to do, you know, bring people in because they want to see something about Wonderland or they want to see Tom from being human. And, uh, you know, then that last episode hooked them back into the main show. So I'm wondering how how connected or how timed the shows are going to have to be. I wonder if it's going to be a little bit like the um, the NCIS and the CSIs, where they have their mm. own different branches in different parts of the United States, or this would be different shows in different parts of universes. Yeah, I was thinking also of Star Trek or Stargate, how they've had multiple kinds of shows. That yeah. There was a little bit of overlap when those shows first yep. launched, but mm-hmm. then they pretty much spun off on their own and occasionally touched but yeah, not yeah. necessarily totally canon. And all the Star Trek nerds out there are saying, no, it was totally canon, or, or maybe they're completely agreeing. But yeah, I could see them doing that, where this is a completely separate story, but then just having those slight little hints or crossover references, but mm-hmm. it not having to be canon, but it being a standalone sort of thing. I love that idea, because I was really entranced by the trailer, and um, in one of our recent episodes of Storybrooke Herald, Jose and I were talking about this, and talking about the idea of crossovers, and I'm really hoping that they take that kind of tack um, that you were just talking about, Daniel, of um, doing the slight little... uh, appearances of characters and characters to kind of tie things in and, and give the audiences a reminder of, hey, this is all one big world. Mm. Um, but having the the characters and the storyline of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland stand all on its own. 
Now, um, in our chat room, uh, Hope just posted a tweet from Adam Horowitz where there's some really helpful discussion here, uh, replies back and forth from he and several others. And he said, Once Upon a Time has been ordered for 22 episodes, not 24. And okay. he did say that 13 episodes of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland have been ordered. Hmm. So it will be one of those short run series like ABC was talking about, but did not specifically name Wonderland as a short run series. It'll definitely make next year much busier for all of us. <laughs> Are you guys planning to cover the Wonderland spinoff in your podcast? Oh, yeah, you have to. You have to. I mean, if, they, if they're doing a spinoff series of the show you're covering, you have to cover that, too. I mean, I, 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 I thought about maybe breaking it off into another podcast, but no, it seems it seems to make sense to keep it all in the same feed and everything yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, you have to. <laughs> We'll probably watch the first one, see how it goes. <laughs> uh, I'm, we we're thinking, Larissa and I, to probably expand our lip-sync account because if this is going to happen at the same time as Once Upon a Time, you know, Thursdays and then Sundays, uh, we're going to need more data <laughs> because this is going to be too much. We don't want to be late. I mean, uh, right now I'm waiting for data to come back so I can actually post a, the episode, the last episode we recorded. Uh, so uh, yeah, if 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 it is good, we will probably discuss it, and we may have to expand. <laughs> yeah. Kevin and I will probably run a uh, Friday show and just see what we can do. If it is good, we'll keep up with it. Yeah, it seems for us, it seems like an entirely different show, a whole separate thing. So we'll probably touch on it as it comes if it does cross over with Once Upon a Time. Mm. I'm planning to do a spinoff podcast about it. Uh, not probably not put it in our main once podcast feed because we're already doing so many episodes during the season. Um, yeah, because we do two episodes of our podcast for every one episode of once upon a time, and then occasionally some bonus episodes here and there. So we'll probably yeah. spin it off. And I've already made the gigantic investment of $15 for a year of a domain name that will work <laughs> for us. Fifteen bucks a year. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> So um, what what do you think or what would you like to see in season three? Getting back to actually once upon a time, besides I've, the obvious things of we, we know we're going to Wonderland, we know we're going to see uh, present day Enchanted Forest with uh, Neil there. But what else do you want to see or think we'll see? Ariel. I want to see a lot of... Yes. The- <laughs> oh, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> You got to see Ariel. They they discussed it so much mm. in uh, the last four season two. Never happened. Hopefully, it happens this year. I with this season three. Ariel, think, bring it, bring it. Do you think Ariel might be an evil mermaid in Neverland? I hope so. She might. That would be awesome. The curse, of, or what was it? The curse of the mermaids. Or yes. Something? Yeah. 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 They kept talking about that in that last episode. Uh, yeah, with what they did with Peter Pan, I, I hate to see what they're going to do with the mermaids. <laughs> They're going to be like the mermaids in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 4. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really curious to see what's up with the main office. And I think that that also has to do with uh, Greg's dad. I think those two tie in together, honestly. I honestly think that Greg's dad runs the home office. Yeah, that that was actually one of the things that I felt a little let down in in the finale was that they didn't touch more on who exactly they were working for. But I mean, I guess that it, it kind of seems like from interviews and stuff, they felt they could build a whole season around that. 
So that'll be fun to see. Um, I, I would also like to see a world addressed or a character uh, from a world that we're not expecting. Like we got with, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Frankenstein or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Star Wars, Thor, something. Now, now, now. <laughs> well, Thor, they could probably, I mean, mythical beings. I mean, probably would be a nice thing to actually see if there are any gods up there. Uh, well, be it could it, be Marvel, Marvel Thor, too. Well, the isn't Orcs. that why Shield, Shield exists now? <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole TV series that they're doing they about do that. Crossover. <laughs> that could be a really easy way to introduce Hercules. So they've actually already had um, Thor's hammer in yeah. one of the episodes. Yeah. It's in Rumpelstiltskin's uh, Great Hall. Yep. Oh, yes. cool! I yeah. Forgot about that. To see it then. <clears throat> I gotta keep. I gotta. I gotta keep the, uh, looking at everything that Rumpelstiltskin has because <laughs> yeah. I keep missing these things that you actually, you guys <laughs> actually bring up. <laughs> the, um, Hook's hand is in there in what? Rumpelstiltskin's really? place. Yeah, long before we saw the episode, the crocodile Hook's hand was That's in cool. there. Wonders there's maggots in there. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we've seen uh, the bow and arrow in the, right. his room before, long before we saw uh, Lacey. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they bring Ariel as an evil person, does that mean that Ursula was a good person? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I wonder too. Because everything that we've seen so far of Neverland is kind of reversed the lost boys or the lost ones are bad peter pan seems bad um the shadow maybe is bad maybe good it's hard to tell kind of at this point but hook kind of good yeah very gray yeah very gray gray area well it was interesting to see that um when we first saw me and genesis and becky we first saw all the boys on the island the children on the island were crying i thought oh my gosh this makes hook a good guy and i'm freaking out but genesis was loving that idea (laughs) so (laughs) it was real interesting she's a huge hook fanatic i think it would make a lot of sense to to have hook still kind of be good but bad because that's what makes this character interesting for me at least to watch it is to see you don't know exactly what's, what he's going to do, how he's going to act, um, what side he's going to favor, because most of the time he seems to be an opportunist, and the um, the first person that he thinks of is himself, um, because he's that closed off to humanity. Um, and the one time that we really see him, the two times that we really see him open up is with Mila and with Bay, mm. and both times end in tragedy or being rebuffed, and so he becomes closed off again. Um, I really want to see Ariel, but I hope she's not bad. I hope she's another uh, heroine, maybe an unexpected heroine, um, in the way that Belle kind of was an unexpected heroine um, uh, with Mulan's storyline and um, the prince. But hopefully, I hope she's not a bad person because i'm lo- really looking forward to ariel and i hope that i can root for her <laughs> and i can't really root for the bad characters i'm sorry <laughs> we root for regina so you know go for it well, okay. see i i almost felt in the finale that hook finally went over solidly over the line to the side of the good guys yeah, I, I mean, it, it remains to be seen if and if they can get some drama out of it uh he could probably go back and forth but i i almost felt like you know, him turning back around and bringing the bean back, it, it was kind of like, a, okay, let's do this for Bay kind of thing. 
And I, I, I I think we're going to see him very solidly on that good side of the line uh, this season coming out. He's had some white morality before. I mean, he, uh, he saved Arara's heart for instance. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, it's always been kind of, but I, yeah, yeah. There's going to be some drama with uh, Hook and uh, Rumpelstiltskin. You know those two are going to be on each other's throats. I mean, they're in the same Talk about an odd couple. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, crazy theory here I was just thinking of while we're talking about Neverland and Hook and everybody. Remember in uh, the episode Into the Deep, Rumpelstiltskin talked about the squid ink, and he said only... A mermaid could get it, or Rumpelstiltskin, or Rumpelstiltskin. What if he went to Neverland to get the squid ink, but didn't realize that Bay was actually also there? And maybe mm. Bay even saw him, and they'll show that in season three, that they'll show Rumpelstiltskin come to Neverland to get the squid ink, and then leave, and then Bay maybe even attacks him, or leads an attack with the Lost Ones, or, or something like that. Mm. That would be... One of those moments that would be just like, if you just look slightly to the left, you know, like they always do in movies, look slightly to the left and you'll see him. Well, and that ties back into the theory of Peter Pan wanting to um, become the dark one or want to conquer the dark one because maybe they had a scuffle Hmm. while he was there. Mm. And that would be interesting uh, to have be be seen that rumble i mean yes i mean due to the fact of the squidding that he talked about uh i was thinking more that it was going to be in the enchanted forest but yeah what if the squid ink was in neverland that would be an interesting uh spin to take uh for rumpelstiltskins and that bay actually saw him in there and either try to avoid him or try to uh you know destroy him uh in that area in in that part right there but whether Bay's involved or not, I can totally see Rumple uh, going to Neverland because you know he's Hook's crocodile, and from the all the old stories, Hook dealt with the crocodile in Neverland for a big part uh, of it. So I I could definitely see them in flashback uh, bringing Rumple over there for one or two episode kind of big blowout just to kind of justify that within the story. Although I guess we re- really still don't know how the these kind of real events influence the stories that we all know mm-hmm. too. They haven't really explained the full nature of that. They, they probably never will. <laughs> I think in season three, what we're going to see primarily will be instead of this mechanic that they've been using in seasons one and two of showing us uh, flashbacks. I don't like that term, but I'll use it since everyone else uses it, but flashbacks to past enchanted forests and then also showed us present day fairy tale land um, i'm wondering if maybe we're finished with past enchanted forest very little story left to tell they've connected all the dots we needed to connect and maybe in season three they're going to show us past neverland with bay coming and then how that happens and then also flash to present day fairy tale land with neil aurora mulan maybe showing how philip was rescued from the wraith and all of that I, I could definitely. Go ahead. You're saying the same thing. <laughs> oh no! Actually, I was going to say I could definitely stand for another episode set in Curse Storybrook as well. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll see on that. 
I'm a big Lost fan, so I see a lot of the kind of turnover from one show to the other. So I definitely see them doing maybe a little bit of flashbacks, but primarily we'll see flash sideways, mm-hmm. if we want to call it that. <laughs> I, I don't know that we want to call it that. Because what happens in the flash sideways is, you know. Everyone dies. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to spoil it for anybody, but yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I would love to see more flashbacks in Storybrooke. Uh, because uh, we still don't are not sure if uh, uh, Kurt is dead, actually yeah. dead. I mean, they they show the bone, but what if it, it isn't him? I mean, we don't know exactly what happened between him and Regina, so it would be nice to see. It, and we haven't seen how Henry got to Storybrooke or how Henry got the mm-hmm. book, where the book came from. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if all of those stories are somehow related, like maybe... Regina said to Kurt, okay, I will let you go if you go pick up this boy for me that Mr. Gold found for me to adopt. Kurt goes, he picks up Henry, and then along the way, August is there kind of watching over Henry, and August gives Kurt the book and says something like, give this to Henry someday when he's old enough to understand it, and somehow the book then you know gets lost, then eventually gets back into Henry's hands. An episode like that could be cool. And Kitsis and Horowitz, if you're listening to this, contact me. I'll be happy to work with you on it. <laughs> I wonder if um, there was a, basically another, you know, Stockholm Syndrome between Regina and Kurt. I wonder if maybe there was a relationship that formed there. Because you don't bury somebody that you just don't care about, that's just, you know, killed. But I think that there was a lot more of attachment between those two, which is why I think that there was a relationship formed between the two of them. Hmm. Well, she said that she buried Kurt at the campsite, uh, kind of basically to spite him. Well, she was being tortured. She could have said really anything at yeah. that point. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, she, she was kind of trying to hurt him uh-huh. because mm-hmm. uh, he was hurting her. So. <laughs> Turned about to play and all that. I demand a DNA test. <laughs> I think it's very likely that we'll see... Um, Henry's discovery of the book and all of that backstory and story rook, um, because Henry is going to be such a focal point of season three, obviously, since we um, gathered from the end of season two. Um, I'm not sure I jive with the theory that um, Kurt is the one that kind of initiates that uh, through August, but I'm not sure who would be the person that would be giving this book um, to Henry. I think the likeliest candidate would be August, but I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm willing to wait and kind of ruminate myself a little bit more before uh, season three commences, uh, before I make a decision on that. But I'm really excited to see that moment um, about when Henry gets the book and realizes its significance and realizes that it's real um, and and realizes that he has the secret that he can't tell anybody because if he tries to tell anybody, they think he's crazy. <laughs> you know, something just occurred to me. How are they going to do a flashback explaining all that with Henry? I mean, he's going to have a beard by the time they come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the only time they show Henry is when he's a baby in flashbacks. Sure. Or he just he holds the plant right up here, so you can't see the. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that uh, it was Mary Margaret that gave him the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going with Kurt, uh, with the theory that Kurt had something to do with uh, having the book brought to Storybrooke, 
what if Kurt somehow knew that his fate was sealed and gave a Mary Margaret because she, he saw that there was some such good in her, gave her the book for safekeeping. And that's why um, uh, Mary Margaret has uh, the book and gives it to Henry. That's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you think? We're, let's throw this out there. Big conjecture here. Okay. What do you think will be the end of season three? Oh, Bill, <laughs> oh. you had you had very uh, successfully or very closely predicted what would happen near the end of season two, and it almost happened. It was going to yeah. happen. If, it was like a hair's breadth away. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'd, total I'd silence. Say, I'd say a major. I'd say a major death. Mm. I'd say either Rumpel goes down or Snow and Charming go down. Oh, the two idiots. I'd say that's how you. Yeah, I, I'd say that's how you'd end a season three on a big. Uh, but you know, so hard to say so far out. You, you know, like we, like with Rumpel's uh, premonitions, it's kind of foggy from here. <laughs> I, yeah, I need a little more guidance. Well, it's interesting because I've had two emails of feedback on our show, and they both suggest that they would they would be really interesting to see if Henry died. Mm. You know, because he's obviously a main character, main focus in this season, and so for him to die would be like really a plot twist for me. I thought they were actually going to do it in the finale episode. Like <laughs> I, I, I was sitting there watching, and I was like, "No, they're actually going to do this." Like ten minutes into the episode, <laughs> I was like so on the edge of my seat. But then they cut it right there. Are, are you saying season one or season two finale? Oh, for for season two finale. Okay. Season two finale with the swing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> who puts rocks next to a swing? The <laughs> same person who designs play sets that can slice children's arms off. Well, I, 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 I was I was going to say, uh, Rumpel or uh, Mr. Gold's a big benefactor in the town. I'm sure he probably set it up. <laughs> he he knew the opportunity would come to kill a child. How can you pass that up as the dark one? Uh, I think if we follow the loss format, um, the end season three is mostly about the others. And yes. then at the end of season three, there's a big game changer that happens in that, fa- uh, that final episode. So my guess would be season three would be more about the home office and then it would end with something big with them. They like would come of who runs it maybe, or like a uh, home office versus the town of Storybrooke or something like that. Hmm. The final battle has begun. <laughs> yeah, that's something that we, I don't think we've really seen because that was part of Rumpel's prophecy originally, as he said, yeah. the final battle will begin. But if what we've seen was the final battle, well, it's not really the final battle because it's not over. The last battle is the one that's the final battle and there are still more <laughs> battles coming. So yes. maybe it will be this like world against world kind of battle neverland against enchanted forest or or whatever many different Mm -hmm. worlds and you know speaking of the many different worlds kitsis and horowitz have reminded us several times to Mm -hmm. look carefully at all of the doors in jefferson's hat Mm -hmm. and reminding us again huh yeah reminding us that there are many different worlds jefferson said that so what other worlds could we go to that then might be something that fights against our own world 
Mm. Maybe something like um, the mirror reflection. It would be everything our world is except the complete opposite. Mm. Uh-huh. Like a bizarro world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then I guess, you know, it would be kind of a Wonderland because, you know, Wonderland's already on the other side of the mirror, you know. Mm. And so, but it would be interesting to see a complete reflection of our world, you know, where, you know, the two idiots are actually the two awesomes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something Me like that. Me am angry. <laughs> Uh, I, I I'd almost like, and since they've they've been kind of pushing the whole magic versus science and how they work together thing in any way, seeing like a hyper futuristic like Buck Rogers kind of world, Ooh. and that would make for a really good interworld battle too, because you know we'd be fighting against technology and probably some a little magic here and there too, you know, far outside <laughs> of our our experience as a species. So a theory, that could be fun. A theory I'd had at the end of season one when magic came was that what if that brings magic to all of our world and everyone leaves Storybrooke and then this becomes some kind of thing of magical beings versus humans across the world or like we jump forward several years from now and discover that these magical people are being hunted down and it's a war. But <laughs> a lot of that was incorporated into what this home office does, mm-hmm. uh, but not yeah, across it, the world it, necessarily. It, and I mean, there's supposedly there's been magic that's been existing in our world that they've been taking out for years and years and years. Like that, that's something I'm very curious about is to what other magical entities or fairy tale entities are out there and how did they get there? Like one thing I'm the dragon. About, Where'd he come yeah. from? Go ahead. Yeah, one thing I'm interested in is like Regina and Cora were basically normal people before they learned magic. Mm-hmm. Could mm-hmm. people in our world learn magic with the right practice and different things like that? If that bubble around Storybrooke officially pops, could it mm-hmm. actually be something where the world could become that? Well, you've seen magic outside of Storybrooke, even with, like Bill said, the dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wonder if, you know, because they were just normal people and they learned magic. So if that could be done around the world, that would be real interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that would be a good theory for me in season three. What if, uh, even though they, they supposedly are protecting Storybrooke with that spell that Rumpelstiltskins gave to Belle, what if somehow that spell goes wrong and the bubble burst, everybody in Storybrooke can leave, and magic is all around the world, and it it's com- becomes complete chaos? Uh, in the real world, and somehow they have to fix it. That would be a good uh, season three ending, or mm-hmm. for for season three finale, so the season four can actually, uh, you know, be fixed. You know, problem, fix it in season four. <laughs> or even, um, I'm just thinking about this, um, talking about mirror worlds and things being not as they are. What if this protection spell rebounds on Storybrooke and all of the rest of the people in Storybrooke, Belle, Red, Granny, end up somehow warped or somehow changed by that um, protection spell um, because obviously Belle doesn't have a whole lot of experience with doing magic herself. I mean, she's seen Rumpelstiltz can do it, um, but maybe something goes wrong with that. I'd also like to have more concrete answers about the home office because we got a few answers from Tamara and Greg, but we don't know if those were just answers that were clouded by their own feelings about magic. Because they, maybe that, you know, maybe 
the modus operandi that, that they were going under uh, mm-hmm. for their doings in Storybrooke and the feelings that they had aren't the feelings of the general home office. And maybe it's just something that they have had in their past that have caused them to think, oh, magic is evil. You know, it must be cleansed and all of this stuff. Because <laughs> we have no clue what uh, Tamara is all about. We have very little information. She's, we've seen her a little bit in flashbacks with August, um, but not very many. Um, and I, I want more information about her. I don't really need so much about Greg. We got a lot about Greg, um, but I want more about uh, Tamara and the home office myself. Mm-hmm. Any other theories uh, that you guys have or questions, topics that you want to raise for us to talk through? Uh, Well, one thing I just wanted to jump off of what you were saying, that would be a really cool way to use Storybrooke uh, during this next season is to have some sort of danger in Storybrooke and they can't escape because if they cross the town line, they're done. And, you know, the blue fairy only has so much of her memory juice. (laughs) <laughs> so that would that would be a really cool way to take Storybrooke. I would really like to see that. You know, there's some danger from within the town that they have to deal with because they can't get out. Because yeah, because there's still villains that came over from the Enchanted mm-hmm. Forest. Oh yeah, King George. <laughs> Ooh, well, good point. I wonder if he'll take the chance now that Charming and and Snow are gone to take over Storybrooke. And <laughs> when Charming and Snow return, it's like it's like what the heck just happened? <laughs> I, I I don't really want to see something like that. That reminds me a little bit of the final Lord of the Rings book, Return of the King. I'm not sure if you've read it, but oh, yeah. uh, it has even more endings to it than the movie had to it. <laughs> because what happens in the book is Frodo comes back to the Shire, and there's this whole political battle that happens at the Shire and all sorts of things. They're just so boring. It's like someone going on and on with a postscript Mm -hmm. and i feel like if they show us too much in storybrook Mm -hmm. that's what it's going to feel like i was just gonna say uh initially as far as the storybrook stuff i was thinking exactly like you are the fact that there could be a danger within storybrook it almost feels it's not like a political drama it's like a really good twilight zone episode you know the town just stuck and they there's a danger there and they have to get out i don't know like and they and I was thinking that if that were to happen, I could see that as like the, the very end of season three as an impetus to say, okay, the main characters have to get back to Storybrooke because what has happened in Storybrooke can't be faced alone by the you know small band of heroes that are still there um, because obviously they're going to need some reason. I mean. They're going to need some reason to come back from um, Neverland and some, you know, conflict on how to get back from Neverland because we've already started thinking about, um, well, where we want to live. Do we want to live in the Enchanted Forest or do we want to live in Storybrooke? And that has already been broached. A decision hasn't really been reached um, and the discussion hasn't really been fully explored yet. So I, I... I can see how that would kind of fill it in. Wouldn't give too much to Storybrooke, but it would give a little bit at least at the end of the season to propel us into season four um, and to see what happens um, back from Neverland. Mm. 
I like that. Like coming back to a storybook that's been decimated by magic or by someone evil. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or just by confusion, even. Uh, well, hey, I, I want to give all of you a chance to pimp your stuff, your podcast, and tell us <laughs> uh, where people can find your podcast, follow you or your podcast on Twitter, and mm -hmm. what your summer plans are, if you have plans uh, during the summer, what those plans are. So let's start from left to right, and, and I'll stay until the end. Okay. Uh, well, uh, you know, you can find our podcast, greetingsfromstorybrook.com. Uh, I host it with uh, the lovely Anne-Marie uh, Desimone. She is in the other room if she wants to come in. I don't know if she's going to. Come in. <laughs> Hello, Anne-Marie. You want to come in and say hi? And since he didn't say his own name, just in case anyone's okay. wondering again, that's Bill Meeks. <laughs> Yeah, Bill Meeks. I am Bill Meeks. Uh, she she's not going to come in. She's eating right now. I kind of sprung it on her. But uh, for summer plans, we're going to do some more episode commentaries like we have done. We'll do the occasional Friday night spoiler party when there's news. And we're also probably going to do an episode soon on the novel, which we haven't got a chance to read yet. But I just bought for somebody who listens to our show. Uh, but yeah, greetings from Storybrook.com. Follow us on Twitter at GF Storybrook. Awesome. Well, I'm Bud Vandekane. You can find us at storybrooknewsreport.com. Um, you can follow us at on Twitter at storybrooknr. Um, during the summer, we're planning on doing a lot of character dissection because we've already done Regina. And we're also going to be doing some play and watches or, or you know, watching commentaries. Um, and we're just pretty much going to just try and suffer our way through the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I am Jose Cardero, and you can find us at storybrookherald.wordpress.com. Larissa has that link on her uh, lower third. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash storybrookherald. You can follow me at ESOJ underscore Z-E-T-I-N-E-B, Esosatinib. Uh, I don't know exactly uh, because we between uh, both of us, we're very busy. Um, I, this spring I was in two, uh, theatrical productions and so it, it was a struggle to get through, um, the episodes and being podcasting. So, I, and we haven't really talked a whole lot about our summer plans, Jose and I, um, but we're probably going to take a breather this summer and, um, ramp back up when, um, news comes uh, fast and furious as it yeah. will in the summer um, leading up to the fall uh, debuts of Once Upon a Time Season 3 and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Um, yeah. And who knows? I, you know, we may end up, you know, touching upon those ancillary materials like the book. I myself, I'm looking to read another fairy tale based book and I might pop in and do a little quick uh, podcast on that. Mm. Um, you know, who knows, but, uh, we'll probably be suffering like the rest of the podcast <laughs> on the podcasters on this panel, um, waiting for the fall and, uh, waiting for one's wonderland. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of probably also, uh, talking about the book, uh, that's coming out. I may, uh, bite the bullet and get it for my phone. Uh, I also want to buy the graphic novel that's coming out, mm -hmm. uh, and, I would love to do a podcast on that as well. So uh, every once in a while, you know, I play it by ear. Uh, then every once in a while, I'll do uh, stories, like Larissa said. But uh, I'll also probably talk about the graphic novel and the book. 
and that's a good segue, and we will stop hogging this after this, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a good segue to our Facebook page, um, group, page, community. I'm not sure what they're calling it these days. We have Um, a group and a page. uh, Yeah, we have a group and a page. Anyway, Jose does a great job of putting up news stories to keep everybody, our readers and our followers, abreast of news and information on once. Um, So... Please search for Storybook Herald on Facebook if you are so inclined. Uh, I'm Mike D'Angelo with Oet. Uh, you can find that at oet.tezone.net. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash thatentertains. And our Facebook page is facebook.com slash tentertainment. We're uh, a little bit different than a lot of the other podcasts. We talk a little bit more about you know things that are happening in the future. We talk casting news. So we, uh, we handle spoilers a little bit different than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, over the course of the summer, we're probably just going to go back, start from the very beginning, and kind of offer like a, a running commentary on each of the episodes that you can follow along with. And um, going in line with that kind of thing, we'll you know look at what happened in the future after those episodes and see how it kind of correlates. You can find Operation Cobra Podcast at operationcobrapodcast.com and on Twitter at at Cobra Podcast. And we're going to do uh, our own roundtable next week. And then throughout the summer, we're going to post some, I don't want to say dramatic fairy tale readings, but we are going to, uh, we've, we've recorded some readings of some lesser known grim fairy tales like the Bremen Town Musicians and the Fisherman and his mm. wife. So, uh, some friends of the podcast have volunteered and done some of that, uh, and we'll participate in that as well. But we'll be having that throughout the summer and then, uh, towards, uh, Labor Day weekend, we'll do some Dragon Con coverage. Oh, you'll be at Dragon Con, so will I. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been going since two thousand seven. Nice. Yeah, I I, I also, if you, if you need someone for for the uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales, let me know. I will let you know. <laughs> hey, is anyone going to Enchantacon in Florida later this year? I'm thinking about it's it. Like it's like twenty minutes far. from my house. So. Oh, that's yeah. unfair. <laughs> it's probably like ten minutes from mine, but I'm not sure. I mean, I, I have. I have no money for it. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're doing that panel, I'll make money for it. <laughs> Daniel, if you're doing that panel, let me know. I would like to participate in that. Yeah, we'll see what we can do uh, with that. Um, but then also, I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I host Once Podcast over at oncepodcast.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And we normally podcast two episodes per week during the season, but during summertime, we're going to drop that down to probably one episode every other week. And I'm still working on some more cast interviews. Uh, we've talked to David Anders and Raphael Sabarge in the past. I'm working on some more interviews. And uh, we're also looking at doing another rewatch of season two with everyone. Synchronized rewatch where we all watch a copy of it. However, we have a copy and uh, join a chat room at the same time. So we can all be chatting during the episode <laughs> and then pointing out the things that we missed. Maybe the first time we watched it around. And then uh, looking forward to covering both Once Upon a Time and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland when they both come uh, around in fall. And that's all at oncepodcast.com. So a huge thanks to the panel, Bill Meeks, Bud Vander Kay, Jose, uh, (laughs) 
How's your last name pronounced? <laughs> Caradere. You know, I'm just going to do last uh, first names from here on. It's <laughs> probably a good idea. Uh, yeah. Larissa, Mike, and Rebecca, big thanks to you guys. And there's so many other Once Upon a Time podcasters out there that just weren't able to make it to the panel tonight. And check them all out. We've got a complete list of the Once Upon a Time podcast on our website at oncepodcast.com slash more podcasts and you can find all of these people leave them ratings and reviews and itunes subscribe to them send them feedback check out their shows and as you'll see we each approach things from a very different perspective and enjoy different things and uh different experiences different theories so if you love once upon a time then i really think you'll love subscribing to all of these once upon a time podcasts out there check them all out and leave them nice ratings and reviews and itunes So for everybody represented here and those who weren't able to make it, thank you for listening or watching and have a happy ever after.